Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. First, we want to continue with our, our study on the last day predictions, the G5 and COVID-19. And uh, this is going to be part two of this particular subject. And this time around, we want to pay close attention to a particular phrase, and which is, that which is, which is the end of the world, just that word, the end of the world. You know, any time this, this, this word is mentioned, this phrase is used, what readily comes to mind is the burning up of the earth, or maybe the Antichrist is not coming, a lot of things. All of this is going on, like we're not having now G5, COVID-19, Mark of the Beast, or all this signal, the end of the world. So this is what we want to look at. What does it really mean when the Bible talks about the end of the world? And uh, I want us to look at some scriptures together. Hallelujah. Now the first scripture I want us to consider is amplified to perf- amplify, in Amplified Translation. I want us to look at Isaiah 45 verse 18. Isaiah 45 verse 18. Scripture says, For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, God himself, who formed the earth and made it, who established it and did not create it to be a worthless waste. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is no one else. Amen. Now the King James said, it was created not in vain. It was created to be inhabited. He formed it to be inhabited, not in vain. Now, for the Jews, to them, Judah, as when they went to exile, the scripture may also understand from history, they were trying to say, this place is lying waste because of the Babylonian captivity, but shall be repeopled again by the time they come back from exile. So the Jews, themselves believe from this passage that after the resurrection the earth shall be inhabited for there can be no reason why the earth should then exist in vain any more than now. Amen. They have the conviction that the earth shall be inhabited, shall be populated. They have that conviction. The Jews have believed this. Praise the living God. I know that Part of the teaching is when Jesus comes, picks up up a way, and then the Antichrist does whatever he needs to do, and then maybe a market on his faults, and then at the end of the day, we come back again to a new art, and then Jesus is going to be in Jerusalem, and so he's going to be ruling from Jerusalem. Uh, and then, then maybe, I don't know how to put that, because in Revelation 21, the Bible tells us that the new heaven is coming down from God. So maybe the new heaven is going to come down, four square land in Jerusalem. And then Jesus is going to be sitting on the throne there. Then we're going to go there and, and be worshipping with him. Whatever the case may be, I don't know. Uh, probably it's going to appoint some people in all the nations to deputize for him, just like Rome was. And we have people like Caesar in Jerusalem. Maybe that's the way it's going to be in their own thinking. I don't know, but I don't see that yet in the scriptures. Anyway, let's make progress. Uh, the important thing is the earth is not created in vain. It was created and found to be inhabited. And I'm sure it's by human beings. Amen? So, right. Now, there's another scripture that looks a little bit, I can say, funny. 
If we look at the book of Ephesians chapter 3, reading from verse 21, it says, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. World without end. Amen. What do we mean by this? We just we'll be talking about the end of the world. Now here the scripture is saying war without end. So what is that supposed to mean? Okay. Let's look at this from the New King James. New King James says, Ephesians 3 20 now to 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Verse 21. To him the glory in the church. By Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Did you get that? Listen. To him be glory the church by Christ Jesus to all generations. That's what I mean by war without end. All generations. Now the question is, how many generations do you think God has in mind? When the scripture is saying this. How many generations? And we won't have people say, well, this is the last generation. We are in the last generation. Praise God. I have no problem. You need to go back again to the part one of this study. And you begin to see all the predictions are fair. Most of those people believe that we are in the last generation. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, Mike 28 verse 20. Jesus was talking about talking to disciples and say, Oh, power has been given to me in heaven and earth. Remember that? Go into the world, you know, teach all nations by the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And verse 20 says, Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, Ephesians 3.21 says, War without end. Mighty 2020 is saying, I mean 2020 is saying, end of the world. And this is what readily comes to mind when the scripture is mentioned. So, anyway, let's move on. Now, looking at the above two quoted scriptures, it looks like they are contradicting themselves. Ephesians says, war without end. Mighty says, to the end of the world. What do we mean then? What exactly is the difference? Now, look at it. In Ephesians, what you have is throughout all ages. In the Greek, throughout all ages. So, actually means through all succeeding generations. Through all succeeding generations. Praise the Lord. While the race of human beings continue to exist on the face of the earth. All succeeding generations. Amen? All right. And this is exactly what you see in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 4. One generation passed away and another generation cometh, it, ball the earth abided forever. Praise God. Did you get that? Alright. Now, so also certain generation, that's what I mean, war without end. Now when you come to Matthew 20 verse 20, this is what he says. The world end when he said, I'm with you to the end of the world. The word end is suntolia. Suntolia actually means entire completion. That is a consummation of a dispensation. A consummation of a dispensation. Why the word wall means aeon. Aeon properly actually means properly an age. The world especially Jewish a messianic period. Right? 
a messianic period jewish era if you will okay so you see the world that is ending is the dispensation then of the jewish sacrificial laws for the new order of the messianic kingdom to arise and that was what took place after christ's death on the cross but fully completed when the roman soldiers invaded jerusalem and uprooted even the foundation stones with which the temple was built they dug up everything with the mind that they would see gold because they found gold in the most holy place why was that because they thought hey if we have gold here in the most holy place then the foundation of this temple must be laid with gold so they begin to dig up all the foundation stones of the building after demolishing the whole structure and this was the fulfillment of the prophecy of jesus you find in Matthew 24 verse 1 to 3 so i look at it from verse 1 to 2 for instance bible says jesus left the temple and was walking away when the disciples came up to him to call his attention to his buildings they were looking at the beautiful building and then verse 2 jesus said do you see all these things all these buildings he asked i tell you the truth not one stone here will be left on another everyone will be thrown down this is exactly what happened praise the lord so every stone will be thrown down and then they didn't only throw down the whole stone they dug up the foundation of the entire temple because we're looking for gold fulfilling this particular prophecy in AD 70. now the truth is the old testament never ended after christ's death on the cross not even on pentecost i want you to get this because the jews were still worshiping in the temple and the sacrifice was still going on with the high priest this is the reason you find that peter could heal the man by the beautiful gates now all of this process was still going on the worship was still going on until about 40 years down the line when the romans armies through general titus came to wipe out the jerusalem and the temple that was when the old testament finally ended and this was the end of the jews not the end of the globe praise the living god did you get that not the end of the human race not the end of the globe so when he said end of the world he's talking about the end of the jewish system of worship praise the lord it was an era that ended not humanity not planet earth see it clearly with the work of christ as a high priest with the sacrifice of himself in hebrews chapter 9 verse 26 this is what you see for there must he often have surfaced the foundation of the world talking about jesus as a high priest but now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself did you get that by the end of the world which world ended when jesus died not humanity not the globe simply the sacrificial system of the jewish order amen again you see this from the new king james translation he then will have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world but now once at the end of the ages glory he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself end of the ages amen 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 did you see that why is it ages in the king james it means there were ages before the age of the law which also ended after christ's sacrifice like we said that means several other worlds before that world ended 
praise God, several other worlds before the world of the Jews ended. Jesus ended all of that. In other words, every other practice that was in place before Christ came ended. Anything you were doing, anything you intended to do, any form of practice that men were seemingly going through to appear before God, they all ended. That's what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Did you see that? So, when he came to put an end to what he came to put an end to was the Jewish religion, not the end of the human race. It was just an age. It was just an age, an epoch, an era, a dispensation. That's what he ended. And that's what the scripture is referring to as the end of the war. Look at it again. Hebrews 9:26. For then must he often have surpassed since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the end of the world is the conclusion of due dispensation. Then the Christian dispensation being that which shall continue to the end of time picked up. Praise the living God. So to put away sin right here from the grip, it means to abolish the sin offerings. That's what it means. To put an end to the Mosaic economy by his one offering of himself. That's what it means to put away sin. Hebrews 9.26 Now this is a fulfillment of the 70 weeks of Daniel. You see that? Look at it. Amplified translation. Daniel chapter 9 verse 24. 70 weeks of years or 490 years are decreed upon your people. Now remember Daniel was in Babylon. Is that okay? When he got his prophecy. God was speaking to him now. 70 years of 70 weeks of 70 years or 490 years are decreed upon your people and your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish up with an end to transgression, that put an end to sin, sin days, the sin sacrifices, to seal up and make full measure of sin, in other words, to bring forth that which God required as an offering for sin, to purge away and make expiation and reconciliation for sin, in other words, to accept man can buy to himself, in place of the things that other animals were doing, for you see, John said, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. That means every other man had a lamb. The Jews had the lamb they were providing. But those lambs cannot stand for the place of man. So he came as a lamb of God without a spot or wrinkle. The perfect lamb that God can accept. Did you get that? Good. And then to bring it everlasting righteousness. That means permanent moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation. To seal up vision and prophecy and prophet. And to anoint the holy of holies. Praise the Lord. Did you get that? Permanent moral and spiritual rectitude in every area and relation. That's to say full righteousness. To seal up vision and prophecy. All the vision and prophecy about the sacrifice of Jesus. That's what he's talking about. And these are all the things that finally got accomplished in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. And then to seal up the holy of holies. The holy of holies himself is Christ himself. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth as holy of holies. Is that okay? Why? Now, the end of the world is the close of the ages. That's what we're trying to say. 
So again, look at Matthew 20, 24 verse 3 now. And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the age? The sign of thy coming and the end of the age. Hallelujah. When this passage of scripture is read, the larger Christian circle will immediately conjure up the thought of either the rapture or when the entire globe called planet Earth will blow up in smoke. Hallelujah. I want you to follow it. But as we discovered in the passage above, passages above, the earth abides forever while one generation passes away, another one comes like we find in Ecclesiastes 1 verse 4, Psalm 104 verse 5, Isaiah 45 verse number 8. You need to check them up. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 4, Psalm 104 verse 5, Isaiah 45 verse 18. So, above all, the Spirit declares, To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, while without end. We read that before. Amplified translation again from Ephesians 3 verse 21. I mean, the, the, the New King James. Is that all right? Good. Now, it therefore follows that we need to have a better understanding of what we are dealing with here in Matthew 23 verse number 3, 24 verse 3. We need to have a better understanding of Matthew 24 verse 3. And again, so now what do we mean the end of the world? According to that mighty 24 verse 3. The Greek word used here again is eon. Which means an age, like I said before, by extension, perpetuity, by implication, the world, specifically the Jewish, that we talk about a Messianic period, present or future, talks about age. From strong concordance, number 165. Now, the Greek lexicographer, have shown that the word age may refer to a period of time in a man's history, whether having or not having specific date of demarcation. It could mean a space of time, clearly defined a marked out epoch, age, and also lifetime, life and generation. Can you get that? The basic thing about the word eon, which is the word used in Mighty 24 verse 3, is the word age. And it was marked out by the sacrificial system. Praise the Lord. Are you there with me? Alright. So, the basic sense of the word aeon is age or a period of existence. So now, we find that Jesus came to put an end to an age. Now, I think a comparison of other Bible translations of Mighty 24 verse 3 will make this clearer. New King James says, And what shall be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? New King James. New American Standard says, What will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Good News Translation says, What will happen to show that it is the time of your coming and the end of the age? Number four, Translation, NIV. What will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? William's translation. What will be the sign of your coming the end of the age? Revised Standard Version. What will be the sign of thy coming and the close of the age? The close of the age. The end of the age. The close of the age. I like the Revised Standard Version too. New English Bible says, What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Number 8 here is Amplified. What will be the sign of your coming? And at the end, that is the completion, the consummation of the age. Praise God. 
then we have the interlinear translation what will be the sign of your presence and the conclusion of the system of things hallelujah meaning his coming was to end that age a particular age that age is what the king james version calls the end of the world are you getting anything from this so you see what we are dealing with in mighty 24 verse 3 the end of the world is the end of the age therefore can see that the age jesus was talking about was the age of the jewish order for this generation according to Matthew 24 verse 34 this generation this age this world shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled you were not in that generation you were not in that age so he couldn't be talking to you praise the lord did you get that a generation is just 40 years don't forget that dear friends the end of the world is not in the sense of which we have believed it it is not scriptural what the bible teaches is the consummation of an age or the age and at the consummation of a particular age another age opens up in its place and the world goes on until the order ordained by god is fulfilled when god shall become all in all in his agenda now let me read the scripture to you which to me is the final thing that god intends to do I often refers to this first Corinthians 15 as the last book of the Bible not revelation and that may may surprise you but that that's what I believe look at what the Bible says in first Corinthians 15 27 you can't find this in revelation but here we go for here the father has put all things in subjection under his Christ's feet but when he says all things are put in subjection under him it is evident he himself is exempted are you with me to him then is exempted who does the subjecting of all things to him then verse 28 says first Corinthians 15 however when everything is subjected to him then the son himself will also subject himself to the father who put all things under him so that god may be all in all look at the meaning of that be everything to everyone supreme the indwelling and controlling factor of life glory to god that is the consummation of the ages that the father is working and moving creation towards what is it that he will be the indwelling and controlling factor of life that is all god is pursuing that is all god has in mind that is where we are heading to praise the living god not all this smoke thing all this antichrist thing all this beast thing there is so much more in the mind of god for creation for you and i as sons of the living god we're coming to the same state that adam was when he was in true fellowship with the father before the fall is that okay praise the living god now another key to understanding this thing i'm talking about is the desolation of daniel the desolation spoken of by daniel is another key point we need to observe very important 
So I, I said, another important key to the understanding of what we're talking about, the end of the age of the Jewish system, the temple worship, etc., can be found in the statement of Jesus in answer to the question of the apostles. They ask him, saying, Master, but when will this thing shall be? That's the destruction of the temple. And what sign will be there when this thing come to pass? What sign? Show us something. Mind you, the temple was the subject of their discussion. So don't forget that. Now, they wanted to know when this very important prophecy will be fulfilled. And what signs will be forthcoming to alert them. Hear part of what he told them in Matthew 24 verse 15 as a sign. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel. Did you get that? That was a sign. See that as a sign of the day and destruction of the temple. Now if you go down to the book of Luke chapter 21 verse 22. Do not listen narrative. When you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, that's the Roman soldiers now, they know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So the, the, the armies of the Romans, when they come and compare Jerusalem and put the stage on Jerusalem, the Christian got to know the time for the destruction that Daniel prophesied has come. Did you get that? Hallelujah. Now the people who asked for the sign got the sign of the desolation. How on earth will the preachers of today project this into our age? What has the desolation spoken of by Daniel concerning Jerusalem got to do with us? Except for spiritual application and drawing a lesson from it. Absolutely nothing else. Other than that, nothing. We can draw a lesson from that. That if God gives us a warning, what are we supposed to do? We hear to the warning. But as far as this issue was concerned, he was speaking to a people. Hallelujah. Now, to apply these and many other verses in Matthew 24 to our day is the misapplication of scriptures and so missing the true meaning of the entire chapter. Let it be emphatically stated here that all the wars and destructions spoken of in this chapter have to do with Daniel's holy people, the city, the Jerusalem, the Jews. Nothing else. All those wars that are mentioned. Now, take time if you can find the book, The Truth of Blood, by Josephus, the greatest historian, Jewish historian. Just try and find that book and read it. I got a copy. Now, see what follows in the admonition of Jesus to them at that time. Once the disciple noticed the desolation sign, this is what he asked them to do. Take the following action. Then let them which is on the house top not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Matthew 24, 16 to 20. This is very funny for me. Let us think a little bit. Assuming this was a rapture the way we've been using it to preach, that the Pentecostal world has made us to believe, does it mean a baby can prevent one from being raptured? That is, if you're pregnant. Because look at what he said then. Right? Woe unto them that are with child 
unto them that give suck in those days. Pregnancy and sucking a baby is going to be a problem for you. If this is a rapture, that means those people have been ruled out. They can't be raptured. Why is this so? He was only trying to tell them. He said, if you're pregnant, how are you going to be able to run? If you're sucking a baby, how are you going to be able to carry a baby and run in at the same time from the city? Can you get the meaning now? That's why I say, one to them that are with child. And one to them that are, that are in pregnant situation. You know? And he said, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. Now, does it mean the winter or the Sabbath is not a good season for one to be raptured? You see, Jesus was only saying, one cannot tell when exactly these Roman soldiers will move in. But pray that as they suddenly will come in, let it not be in the winter season. For that will be too bad a weather, too cold for you, a condition for you to be running away on the open field. And let it not be on the Sabbath day. For you may be observing one of the feast of feast days, or resting, and so taking on a ways and trap within the city. Can you get the picture? That's what I mean. Let not be on the Sabbath. Amen. And don't come back home. You have been no need. In other words, let it be urgent. It's not talking about prepare for the rapture. It's not talking about that. Hallelujah. It is clear enough. The Romans came, compound, I mean, camp around Jerusalem and at God's intervention without anyone opposing the Romans or challenging them for a fight, they pulled up their stakes and left. At that sight, all the Christians who remember the words of Jesus fled the city. They left. Therefore, when General Titus eventually came in with his armies and leveled the city to the ground, not a single Christian died. They saw the admonition, I mean abomination of desolation, and escaped before their dear life as Jesus has told them. They escaped every one of them. They saw the abomination of desolation. He said, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel, if you're on the field, don't come back. Is that making sense to you? Praise the Lord. If you're at the housetop, don't come down. Just move out. Don't come in to take anything. Cast up on the top of the place where they used to sleep and, and have some air. Just come down and move on. Don't go in to take anything. It will be terrible. That's what he was telling them. It's not you. You're not living on house top. You don't stay on house top. It's not talking about story building. This is not about you people. So you see, the world ended with the introduction of Christianity. More especially after the death resurrection. And the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. For Christ will not enter, the scripture says again, Hebrews 9, 24, 26, Christ will not enter the place made with hand, holy place made with hand, now to appear in the presence of God for us, not that he should offer himself often as a high priest, enter in the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then will have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world, but now once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Praise God. The end of the ages, like I said before, is plural. Why? Yes. Ages spanning the whole period of 42, that is 14 times 3 generations, from Abraham to Christ. Can you get that? All of the, that's why it is ages. 42 generations, 14 times 3, from Abraham to Christ. Matthew chapter 1 verse 17. 
when animal sacrifices were offered. The presence of Christ terminates in all of those modes of worship in order to find favor with God. Even so shall all the system of man come to an end as the presence of Christ is increasingly manifested throughout his church which God has allowed for the past years. But Christ alone will eventually reign supreme in all of God's creation. Hallelujah. Now the true gospel ends the world. Another sign that ends the world is the true gospel. You listen to this. Tell us when shall this thing be? And what shall be the sign of the coming and the end of the world? Matthew 24 verse 3 again. Tell us when all this thing shall be. And what shall be the sign of the coming and the close of the age? Revised under version. It's utterly clear here then that what we are dealing with has nothing to do with the end of the globe. But rather, the system of things that was in operation before the coming of Christ. The system of things were those things that were characterized by particular age in question, which the presence of Jesus Christ came to put an end to, in order that the worship of God might be perfected. Hence the close of the age, of the ages if you will. We shall ever consider two more verses in Matthew 24 to clearly indicate what we're talking about. The true gospel of the kingdom is the age. First of all, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 6, 24, verse 6, rather, we read, And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be in trouble, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Did you see that? So you start talking about wars, oh, China is going to fight America, oh, Russia is going to do this, oh, Middle East, oh, there's world, ISIS, these are signs of the age, you're just deceiving yourself. This have nothing to do with you. You could probably apply them fine, but have nothing to do with scriptures, people of God. This is not what we're talking about. This is not what Jesus was talking about. Is that okay? Now, when you hear of wars and rumors, well, beginning, this does not signal in my return. This must come, but the end is not yet. Living Bible. Here, Jesus is saying that wars and rumors of war does not in any way signal his return. But unfortunately, these are the same verses of scripture that the popular TV evangelists and the big men of God have used and are still using today to put men in fear of the immediate return of Jesus Christ. Oh, world, now Jesus is about to come. You can, the signs are all there. The signs are all there. What signs was he talking about? He wasn't talking to you, people of God. Amen. You can apply them if you will. But no, that is not for Jesus. Hallelujah. They look around the world for war, hotspots on CNN, and jump up to say, here it is. This is a sign of the end time that we're talking about. But Jesus said, no. That is not the sign of my coming. Praise God. Not also that Jesus was dealing with a particular age, like we said before. Matthew 24, 34. This generation must not pass till all these things be fulfilled. All of those walls. So get that right. All of those walls. All of those famines. All of those things must. And he said the generation that he was in will not pass. How many years now from the time he said this? More than 2,000 years. How, how old is the generation? How long is the generation? Just 40 years a generation. Is that okay? Biblical generations, 40 years. Praise the Lord. Are you see here? Alright. So, 
this is indicating that those words of Jesus had to be fulfilled before the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. When he said, this generation must not pass till all these things be fulfilled. He wasn't talking about your generation. Can you get that? Look at it from the historical perspective. The pyramid question was such a rough one for the Jews. In Seleucia, record has it that 50,000 Jews were killed. The Jews were seriously rising against Alexandra. In the battle of the Jews and Syrians in Cassiar, about 20,000 Jews were killed. Over there in Rome, within the space of 18 months, four Roman emperors came to a violent death. A Roman historian, the Annas of Tacitus, whose historical record covers this period prior to the fall of Jerusalem, AD 70, made use of languages like wars in America, the war in Britain, intrigues among the Persians, insurrections in Gaul, commotions in trance, in Africa, disturbances in Germany, etc., etc. These are the things recorded. At that particular time, wars were all over the place. As spoken, prophesied, and predicted by Jesus Christ. They saw it. So you see, to the average believer in the language of Jesus, they know that the end of the world was not referring to the end of planet Earth, even as Jesus indicated, but rather to the end of the Jewish economy. That has to do with the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, which will take place after this event. Are you see that with me? So, to the Jewish Christians, this event was necessary as a sign of what to expect in the future. They were so certain that the saints of Jesus were relevant to their days. To them, it has nothing to do with the future date of about 2,000 years later. They also knew it that the Lord was directly in an unmistakable manner speaking about Jerusalem and the temple. Again, listen to this. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. What end do you think he was referring to? Not the end of the world that we are living in today. It was the fall of Jerusalem. You need to understand that. The world as used here have nothing to do with the universe or where there is a human being, but rather it was referring to where there was a Jew at that particular time. Wherever there was a Jew was the end of the world. This may shock you. That is why we read that according to Ephesians 2, 11 to 12. Let me read that for you. You have been time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh by hand, made by hand, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Can you get that? Only the Jews had God because they were in the covenant they had with God. So whoever was not a Jew had no God were without God in the world. Did you see that? Meaning that only those who were in the covenant that God made with Israel at that time were in the world. Therefore those, that is the Jews, are the people that ought to receive the gospel of the kingdom then before the end shall come. For Jesus came only for the lost sheep of Israel. Matthew 15:24. Jesus never left Palestine in his preaching. Don't forget that. And the message was usually proclaimed to only the Jews at 11 verse 19. Take note of that. So then, when we are talking about the world here, we are talking of wherever there was a Jew, that is the Greco-Roman world or empire. 
For they were destined to hear the good news before the fall of or punishment comes to Jerusalem or Israel. The earliest testimony of the apostles will be against the faithlessness of Judaism. Matthew 10 verse 18. Take time to read it. They were testifying against the faithlessness in not believing to the gospel. That is before Jerusalem fell. Therefore, before the fall, the gospel had already reached the main part of the Roman Empire where they could locate a Jew. Proof of what I'm saying is found in scriptures. Now look at it. Romans 1 verse 5. We have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations of the world for his name. Praise God. That's Apostle Paul talking. Did Apostle Paul get to Africa? No. But he said, nations of the world. Okay, let's move on. Paul never went around all nations of the world before he died. He did not even get to Africa. But yet, the obedience was to all nations. Now see this. Firstly, Romans 1 verse 8. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. That your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Romans 1 verse 8. Can you imagine that? The faith of the Jewish Christians in the Rome in Rome was being spoken of throughout the whole world. What life were the Jewish Christians living that we heard of here in Africa? What this present means is this that among the Jews of the despisers, like you find in James chapter 1, verse 1, wherever they were, the faith of the ones in Rome was being spoken of. That means the Roman Christian had a better standard and faith. And everywhere there was a Jew around the Greek Roman world, they had about their faith. Did you get the meaning? Praise the Lord. Again, if you look at Colossians 1, 6 and verse 23, this is what the Bible says. To the church in Colossians, we read of the hope which is come to you all, as it is all the world. And be not removed away from the hope of the gospel which you have had and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Wherefore our apostle are made a minister. Every creature. Notice that. Colossians 1 6 and verse 23. Mind you, this letter was written between 62 and 63 AD before the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD. That's about seven years' time. Again, here Paul is proclaiming that the gospel he has preached reached the entire world and every creature has heard it. Can you believe that? When did the gospel go to Africa? Can we, can we say all creature mankind today have heard the gospel preached to them? Missionaries tell us that there are people who have not yet heard this gospel even in Africa here. So what do we mean? Gospel preached to all creatures under heaven. It is simply referring to wherever there was a Jew. And the Jew never, never lived in Africa, America, Australia, but in the Roman I mean in the Roman Empire, which was considered to be the world. The world therefore was wherever there was an Israelite and the Levitical priesthood, which stood for Judaism. I would like you to read first Thessalonians one verse number eight. And so we read about the Jews in relation to Matthew 24 verse 14. Yet faith comes from listening to the good news. Listen to this. That's Romans. I'm reading now. Romans chapter 10, 17 to 18. Faith comes from listening to the good news. The good news about Christ. But what about the Jews? Have they heard God's word? Yes. For that's gone 
wherever they are. Praise God. The good news have been told to the ends of the earth. <laughs> Praise the living God. Are you seeing that? And this letter again was written in AD 56 and 58. Some 12 years before the fall of Jerusalem. The Bible is telling us that the good news have been told to the ends of the earth. When did we get the gospel in Africa? Can you get the meaning of this now? So when you talk about the end of the earth, we are referring to wherever there was a Jew. And that was within the Roman Empire. Therefore Paul confirmed the fact that the gospel got to all the earth before the final judgment came to Israel in AD 70. Are you following this now? In fact, for the scripture to say that the good news, I mean the goddess Diana, Acts chapter 19 verse 27, said the goddess Diana was watching in all Asia and the world. It's a clear indication that the world was as, as usual was speaking of the Greek or Roman Empire. For the goddess Diana was no worship here in Africa, where I am writing from or speaking from today. There was no indication that the goddess Diana was worship over here. This was completely in Asia. In summary then, the world that is ending is a system of man, religious and political institutions that are not ordained and supported by the spirit and the agenda of God. But the planet Earth, that is seven deposits of God, remains. So, the one world government that will give you fuzzing chips, thereby manifesting the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, is a horse, peddled by religious ignorance and political imaginations from the scriptural point of view. It's all deceit. Come, your nerves. You are in good hands with Jesus on the boat. Hallelujah. Then let all of this news trouble you. Don't let all of this thing trouble you by men telling you this, how to do with the scripture being fulfilled. No scripture being fulfilled in that way. You can apply it, yes. But friends, you first of all got to look at the historical perspective. You must understand what is called audience relevant when you are interpreting scriptures. Who was the author writing to? Why was he writing to the people? What was on ground? What was the condition? These are the things you first must grasp before you begin to apply those things. So, what am I trying to make you understand? COVID-19, G5, nothing to do with Antichrist, nothing to do with the mark of the beast. Did you get that? You got to calm your nerves. Nothing to do with that. All of them will come and go. Like I said previously, we've used G1, G2, G4, G5. What is the problem in G5? I'm going to touch it. We need to get to the experts to get answers as to the nature of the G5 instead of listening to ministers who have no clue. They are no scientists. Instead of listening to the scientists to tell us exactly what it's supposed to be. They are just there, you know, drawing diagram or telling you what is going on. There's a G5. They, I mean, the rays going to penetrate walls and then go into your body, going to control your brain. All deceptions. Deceptions. You just need to believe into all of these things. Come you now, people of God. Christ is reigning. And I tell you one thing, like I mentioned previously. You have the mark of Christ upon your forehead. You have the name of God upon your forehead. There is no other power that is going to have control over your life. No spirit is going to rule you. You should be able to know that you are more than the Antichrist. You can't be running away because of the Antichrist. You are not supposed to leave the earth because of the Antichrist. No, no, no. That is a shame. 
Praise the living God. Is anybody getting this? So friends, the end of the world means the end of Judaism in Matthew 24. Have nothing one bit to do with the end of the globe. The, the earth abides forever. One generation goes, another one comes. And we're talking about generations to come. And Christ is ruling and reigning until all enemies are put under his feet. And the last enemy is going to be dead. And what's the next thing? We hand over the kingdom unto God. And what's the next thing? God shall be the indwelling factor and controlling factor in every man on the face of the earth. The true relationship between Father and Son will have to be established as it was between God and Adam before the fall. How do you like that? Bless you so much for taking time. Love you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.